Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your host, Dr. Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. Thanks for taking this opportunity to let us come across your broadcast and turn us on and be part of this community. Hey, listen, we're honored today to have my uh, pastor. He's the assistant pastor at our church for outreach and things of that nature. And he has been the most outreached man I've ever met in my life. Whenever I need a number or something, I call him and uh, someone to fix something around the house, whatever the case may be. He has not let me down yet as far as photographers, phone numbers, people to fix things, where to buy things, all those things. Pastor Stephen Huffman from Morningside Baptist Church, longtime resident here of Greenville, South Carolina. Some of you may remember uh, his father-in-law, Larry Carrier, was a, just a great musician, was a, a song leader over the years, was a song leader at our church, but uh, was a professor uh, for many years at Bob Jones University and uh, just a great, great family. Uh, Brother Stephen's married to his daughter, just great great folks. And we're glad to have you, Brother Stephen. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Doug. Good to be with you today. Thanks for the opportunity uh, to share with your folks today. Oh, you bet. You bet. And I'm going to get you to get your mic down a little bit or something. So I got to warn you guys. So, so pastor is a little bit less of a talker, a little bit more of a low talker than me. So a little bit less on volume there. So our word of the day, as we go through things, we want to talk about what the word of the day is. So we're starting out with the word omnipotent, which means God has all power. Nobody has more power than God. He is all powerful. He has all power. He alone has the power that can change things, that can turn things around on a dime, those types of things. That's the God we serve. And uh, I am so thankful to do it. But Jesus beheld them and said unto them with this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Over in Luke one thirty seven, for with God, nothing be impossible. I'm always stuck here, Pastor Huffman, at this thought when I look at omnipotence and things like that, that we're these finite human beings. You know, the best of us don't equal a speck on the universe of God. Yeah. And uh, when you hear that word omnipotence, what comes to your mind? All powerful. Yeah, there God, it is. God can do it all. There's nothing he can't do besides sin. Yeah. And, and saying that, uh, thinking of God's all power and you being in the ministry for so many years. Um, I mean, is it a regular thing? People ask me this all the time and I try to answer it the best I can, but isn't it a regular thing that you see something miraculous happen uh, that only God can do? Well, anytime he saves somebody, that's a miracle. That's a miracle all by itself. And uh, uh, that's a good thought. And, and, and it's a miracle to see life's changed. It's a miracle to see people who, uh, left one part of their world for for God and uh, things of that nature. You know, uh, an example of that would be my grandfather Huffman. He yeah. was an alcoholic, and God got a hold of his life and changed him, and he ended up ministering to alcoholics. Yeah. And uh, so I've seen it in my own family where God turned a life around and used him for his glory. And, you know, something about that, Pastor, too, is now your dad, was your dad in the ministry? He was a pastor. My dad was a pastor for 50-some years. He's now retired, but still serving the Lord, doing speaking engagements. Um, but Wow. A, a, retired from a full-time profession, but still serving God. So, yeah. Nah, you can never leave that. So you were raised as a 
preacher's kid or a pastor's kid. As they say, a PK. Yeah, a PK. Now, what's that all about, man? Was uh, was it good to be a PK? At times, did you wish you weren't a PK? Or? It was good to be a PK. I mean, it's um, it's a blessing. I've, I've grown up uh, around the ministry. I mean, my dad was, has been a pastor my whole life. Yeah. Uh, or... Um, in the ministry of some sort. Uh, he, he was a college president for a short period of time as well. Wow. And, and see, folks, here's a cool thing. All right, this is how God changes people. We're telling people all the time that you're a new creation, that God completely changes things. And he takes his alcoholic granddad, and he gets saved, and then his son becomes a preacher, and then his grandson becomes a preacher, and God only knows the lives that have been touched through that person who shared the gospel uh, with their granddad. And and that's God. Uh, people want to be part of a pyramid scheme. Can I tell you about the best scheme that's not a scheme ever? Lead someone to the Lord and see what God does. Generations, generations of people can be saved. Lives can be changed. And so we think of that omnipotence and we think about an all-powerful God, the only God. There's no, uh, the only capital letter God that I know of. Uh, the only God that changes my life. The only God we can go to, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And Thankful that as I sit here today, the Holy Spirit of God is indwelling within me, helping me, guiding me, leading me, and I'm hopeful where we find you today, the same is to be said. We continue on with the book of Proverbs. We find ourselves in the 27th Proverb, and in verse number 18, it says, Whoso keepeth the fig tree shall eat the fruit thereof, that he uh, waiteth on his master shall be honored. So it's talking about this fig tree, and that's a pretty wonderful thing. And a worker, we're always telling people a worker is worthy of their reward. A worker that works the trees, does those things in our backyard, we try to minimize the payers coming in. I mean, we get hit with payers. We give them to our neighbors. We go out there. We put them on Facebook. Come get payers. People climb the tree, and we still throw away about 29 bushels. I, I kid you not. It's the ugliest wow. payer situation you've ever seen in your life back here. And But then it goes on, and it's talking about if you wait on your master, you're going to be honored and and waiting on these things in this Hebrew, Hebrew poetry, and uh, you're honored. So you keep it your tree, you get the fruit, you wait on your master, you wait on God, you do those things. And uh, we are honored to be in the master's house, to be in the master's kingdom that we'll get to go to heaven. We're honored to serve the master. We're honored that we get to be part of the fruit. We're honored that all those things are going on, pastor. And I mean, what do you think when you look at that verse 18, just keeping that fig tree? Well, the, the fruit of the fig tree is the reward of the labor that goes into tending it and taking care of it. And the farmer benefits from that reward. And God brings out a principle that you take care of your master. There's an honor that comes with that. There's a reward that comes with that. And on a human standpoint, you may find yourself in a work environment and you wonder, boy, how can I, how can I get noticed? How can I get appreciated? How can I get advanced? How can I get a promotion? You look after your master. You make sure you, Find out what's important to your boss. And I'm not talking about doing anything unethical or illegal, but yeah. what can you righteously do to advance the agenda of your boss? You know, what? how can you look after their, uh, their interest and make sure that uh, they're being taken care of and their business is prospering because you're a good worker for them? Yeah. And that's going to uh, reap the benefit of your master honoring you. Yeah, what a what a concept too, and it's so important. And and Pastor Huffman speaks from uh, uh, years of experience, and uh, you know he comes under Pastor Josh Crockett, who you guys heard on this podcast a few times, and um, you know being able to serve the pastor 
being able to serve God, but also serve that senior pastor. So many run from that, brother. So many, they're just not into being a second man kind of thing. Yeah, I've, uh, I've had the opportunity to serve under three senior pastors in yeah. my almost 30 years at Morningside. And you have to adjust. Yeah, uh, There's a little saying, it'll resonate with you, Brother Doug, uh, Semper Gumby. Yeah. Uh, it's not Semper Fidelis like the, uh, yeah. the Marines, always faithful, Semper Gumby. Uh, always flexible, and I, I can't claim perfection on that. But if you're going to be a good second man uh, or a good worker in a business, you got to be flexible. You got to be able to uh, change uh, direction as the leader changes direction or has a different vision. You've got to help yeah. carry out that vision. And yeah. to put it in a spiritual context, um, we also serve God the Master. And the Bible says that uh, we can work towards that well done, thou good and faithful servant. So yeah. make sure you look after, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then, Lord willing, when you get to heaven, you will be able to hear that well done, thou good and faithful servant. So really, I think there's two things we can learn from this verse. Take care of your human master and be sure to serve your heavenly master. And that's where it's at right there. And and boy, we got a responsibility. I was thinking of the different Bible stories that went along with this. And I know I go back to Joseph a lot, but here's Joseph and his master, you know, Potiphar, put everything in Joseph's hand. He knew not. What was there? The master didn't know. He trusted Joseph. He he just said, hey, I can trust this guy, and God's blessing the things I put in his hand. So as a worker, whether it be a second man, second woman, a worker, whatever it is you do, make sure that people can say, hey, God blessed everything that I gave uh, to this person to do. God bless him. I wanted to do that the whole time I was in the Army. And in the Army, one of the rules is you got to make people under you look better. And I mean, that's just where it goes. So it's, it's contrary to the civilian world in the civilian world, you know, people are out here and they're, they're trying to look better than the next guy so they can secure that promotion, secure the bonus, secure that next job. Well, in the army, it, it, a completely different phenomenon takes place. It's really, it's completely different than anything I had ever seen while I was there. And since I got out, but my responsibility as a leader was to make my people look good. That's good. You know, have them do their jobs in such a way that the leaders would say, man, you've got good workers, Carragher. Your people are serious. And I can remember getting calls. You know, we had uh, people coming into town, extra duty for these celebrities and things coming overseas. And they would always call me and say, hey, we want you and your people with these folks because we can trust you. And uh, we want to serve a God that says, man, I, I can trust, uh, I can trust these guys. I, I can trust this lady. I, uh, you know, I'm going to go ahead and give this to her because I know she's going to share the gospel because I know she's going to look in on these people. I know that there's going to be a big difference. I know that, uh, that she can do those. And what a great story. And having that fruit, you know, not only do you reap the reward, but others reap the reward as well. When you take care of your fruit tree and it's producing and Folks, I can't tell you how many cars pulled up in front of my houses with ladders and bags and burlock bags and baskets and little kids uh, cranking some fruit out of my trees. And, and boy, just to know that I was part of that, just, just knowing that, you know, from our trees. And, I mean, we're not doing anything. We're fertilizing a little bit, chopping back once in a while. I don't have the heart to cut them down. I have a neighbor who's a Hindu, and I'd make him cry if I cut down. Last fruit tree I cut down was really dying. Oh, he was so sad I cut it down. So I'm leaving it alone for his benefit. Listen, folks, we got to run over and let the stations do what they do, but we're going to be right back with you. Hang with us.
Does Jesus care? That beautiful song. And we know he does care. He cares so much that he died for your and my sins. And pastor, here we go. We're on verse number 19 now. As in water, face answereth to face, so the heart, man to man. And and I'm thinking, you know, I can't remember how many times I looked in the water to see my face when I was a kid. We grew up on a lake called Beach Pond. We were about a quarter mile up the road from it. Just the most beautiful lake, especially in the fall and stuff. It would just get so flat and clear. It was like a mirror. It was just so smooth and things reflected there. And uh, boy, so you can reflect, you could see your face in that beautiful water. And, and, And here's God saying your heart reveals the man, your heart. And uh, boy, there's a lot the Bible has to say about your heart. It tells us we're desperately wicked. It tells us all kinds of things about our heart, Pastor. And uh, But this is saying, boy, it gets revealed. Yeah, the Bible says, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And mm. you, you want to get a good ref- reflection of who you are? Don't look in the mirror. Look at your heart, and you can really see, wow, that's who I am. Yeah. And, you, and if you're, let's say you're involved in the ministry of counseling, and you're trying to discern someone else's heart, well, look at your own heart. There's a commonality in mankind. You you struggle with lust, they probably do too. You struggle with greed, they probably do too. You struggle with anger, they probably do too. I mean, there's a commonality among mankind. Uh, So even evaluating someone else's heart, look at your own heart, and we all share a sinful heart, and it can help you kind of reveal who you are and probably who your neighbor is and and what they're struggling with. And I think another way to look at this verse is just like water reflects our face, another man's heart reflects who we are in the sense that look at how they compliment you or look how they, they criticize you. Their evaluation of you can really be a reflection like, oh, well, maybe that's who I am. I, I had something shared with me recently that um, was a negative reflection on me. And that should give me pause, like, wow, that's how I'm coming across. And I I need to do better. And uh, so take criticism from others. Take constructive um, compliments from others. And it can reveal kind of who you are and how you're coming across to others. So uh, be willing to learn when others share from their own heart how they see you. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And, and folks, I think that's a point for the day, really, when we think about our day and what we're going through, how do others see us? And, uh, I, you know, integrity is a big thing. You know, it comes from your heart. Character. These are traits that are, speak about what your heart is like. And we know that God works with our minds and our heart. He transforms us. Uh, we see that in, in Romans chapter 12. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind affects your heart. The word of God uh, affects your heart. Your heart becomes different. You can't stay the same. God does not leave us where he finds us or or where we find him and get saved. We've never been lost to him. But, but I'm here to tell you, man, your heart says everything. And uh, folks, where do you find your joy? Are your joy in, is it in material things? Is it in your kids? Is it in all these things? Or is it in God? Uh, find joy in the Lord and uh, go out there and find your joy in God. And if you do that, man, your heart is going to be great. Your life's going to be great. You're going to be moving forward. And so many people think the next thing, Pastor, you know, I, I've counseled so many people and they always say, I say, well, what's your goals? What's What's the next thing that'll make you happy? 
And nine times out of 10, it has nothing to do with God. Mm. Nine times out of 10, it's like, well, I, you know, this guy I know, or this girl I know, I'm really looking forward to going out with And that's fine. And, uh, and well, what's the next thing after that? Well, then we want to get a big house. And what's the next thing after that? Well, uh, uh, somebody whose heart is right says, man, I want to be closer to God. Uh, I want, I want to get closer and closer to God. And you know, those people that love us and care for us, they're going to want to get closer to God too. And the more they see you, they should see God. And, and that's one of the things pastor was just made that statement a minute ago. And I know pastor's heart. He's not a bad guy. I've never, I've never thought in the 10 years I've known him, 10 plus years, um, that we've been going to church. Uh, there when we're in town, which is about four weeks a year, but I've never in my mind thought, whoa, you know, he's, this guy's a knucklehead to the contrary. I think he's a great guy. He's been a wonderful help to me. So I appreciate his honesty in that area. And we go to verse 20 and it says, hell and destruction are never full. So the eyes of man are never satisfied. And you got this idea that the grave and beyond never fills up, man. You know, hell never gets full. Uh, People are still going there. They're never going to shut the door. And, uh, uh, you know, if we're not careful, if we get away from this heart thing, you know, learn images of women and more money and more prestige and more power, uh, we're never satisfied. Yeah. You, you, you look at uh, the funeral business will never go out of business. Right. I mean, there's, there's, there are deaths every, every minute of every day yeah. in the world. And just like death is never satisfied. It never stops claiming another victim. Our greed never stops. You can, uh, I was just talking about this in Sunday school this last Sunday. I mean, you can make a wish list, but guess what? There's always something more you put on your wish list. You you never fully check off everything on your wish list and say, oh, good, I've got it all. There's always something more you want. I had something kind of interesting happen to me recently. Amazon had a early deal thing for Christmas. And so I bought an Apple TV 4K uh, box thing for streaming. It was a good deal. So I went ahead and bought it. Uh, this last Saturday, I opened it up. I installed it. Just a few hours later, I'm reading that Apple had just announced a brand new version <laughs> of the Apple TV 4K that's coming out in a, in a few weeks. I had just installed it. And the technology that I have is the old technology. And you know what? You're never satisfied. You never have the latest, the greatest. There's always something bigger. There's always something better. And uh, you'll, you, you'll never fully satisfy your wish list. So you better find contentment in God with what you have Yeah. because you'll never find it in uh, acquiring more things because you'll never run out of things. Well, and things don't go with you to heaven. And, uh, you know, I think Billy Graham years ago used to make the statement in the fifties. If you read his books and stuff, I've never seen a moving truck following a hearse. So everything's left there behind you. And, uh, yeah, they don't put hitches on hearses, do they? No, no, it's just not going on. So I think this is a good point though. And I think, and, and understanding that, you know, people are still going to hell and understanding that people are still going to the grave. Deaths never stop. I remember when I started traveling years ago. So in 2004 to now, I think we've, we've traveled probably 48 Sundays a year, at least during that time and, and during the week and flying and coming home. And, and uh, I've always, when I was in a town for years up until, you know, when, until the kids got out of college and that stuff, I would go get the Sunday paper no matter where I was and I'd cut the coupons out. Well, one of the, the marks of a Sunday paper is this huge, obituary section 
And you can't help but look at the obituary section and look at the pictures of these once young and, and, and beautiful people and talking about their lives. You know, obituaries don't say things like, you know, the guy was a jerk. He <laughs> was arrested seven times or had DUIs. Obituaries say, uh, you know, a congregant, a Morningside Baptist Church, and longtime member and lover of all things. And, but here's the point. Uh, people are dying all the time, like every second or something. I forget how many people die a second. People, multiple people die a second in this world. Yeah. And uh, a past, a friend of mine used to say in the past, the most sobering reality in the world today is that people are dying and going to hell today. That's right. And that's, that really ought to be a reality that sobers us and, and makes us think there's an eternity. People are dying today and going to hell. And that could be your neighbor. That could be your coworker. That could yeah. be a family member. That ought to sober you into thinking, I need to be busy about sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus yeah. Christ because people are dying and going to hell today. Yeah, and I think, I, wow. And I think the other part of that is if we're not saved, if we haven't accepted Jesus Christ, you know, our turn is coming. Uh, unless the Lord comes back sooner with a shout and a trump, we're all going to have to go over that, uh, cross that river, cross that time. Um, it's it's, it's going to come. I've, I've been with men great and small, uh, it wasn't that long ago that George H.W. Bush worked. I knew him in life. I got to work there in the White House, met him a few times. Great man, godly guy, I thought. Um, not exactly sure of his religious affiliation, but he certainly walked the walk and talked the talk. I met his son, and I can clearly tell you he's saved. And and the first thing he ever said to me, he asked me if I was redeemed. So, I mean, that's a different theory right there. But I do know this, both men, women, great and small, the president of the United States every six months gets a free body scan for the rest of his life. He goes into Walter Reed uh, in Bethesda there, and they scan his entire body, looking for cancer, looking for tumors, looking for everything. Every single president gets that. That's why if you read, you know, President Carter has cancer, everybody, man, he'll be dead in a year. Well, President Carter is the oldest president there's ever been. He's 90-something years old now. He's, uh, but he gets that scan every year. Everybody's looking. Everybody's checking. But, you know, here's the reality. President Bush, with all the medical care in the world, with all the love in the world, with everybody looked at him, still died. Mm. We're all going to die. It doesn't matter how good things are. It's coming. And so, folks, I know this episode crept right up on us and went by quickly. I'm thankful to have Pastor Huffman with us. I want to take some time on tomorrow's podcast, let Pastor Huffman share a little bit of a testimony with you just to get you ready for this. Pastor Huffman uh, had a child that went on ahead of him to heaven, and uh, I love his testimony, how God's used that in their life. So sad they lost their child, but he's not lost. Uh, the child's not lost. The child's in heaven right now, and, uh, and we can go there. <laughs> you know, we're going there, and uh, you have a chance to do that. Listen to everything Eric's got to tell you about knowing for sure that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. And we look forward to talking to you tomorrow. May God bless you. And hey, with that smile that only God can give you today. Thank you. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart. 
that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.